Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Giovanna. I'm Babu. And this week we're continuing our Indian summer season, picking up from PK last week by talking about Rong de Vesanti. And to join uh, joining us, we have Giovanna and we have Babu. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Hi. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank um, you for having us. Well, always a pleasure. And uh, thank you. And thank you for coming in, guys. So what we did was we sat down and we sort of we planned out, we wanted to do two Indian movies um, as part of like the season at the end of the summer um, because we like wordplay. Um, and this is our Indian Summer 99, if you will, if you happen to have noticed the episode number, which we're quite proud of. But um, we did, I decided to, I selected PK randomly because it's, it's a movie that's been coming in and out and I sort of interested and looked odd. And I think the reason that we selected uh, Ranga Basante was because um, Babu had actually singled it out as a movie that was very worth watching. I presented a list of like the uh, Indian movies on the 250 to you guys, and Babu literally said, Ranga Basante is great. And I was like, okay, we're doing Ranga Basante. Yeah. I can't remember what the rest of the list was, but <laughs> yeah. Probably because that was the only film I recognised. Because, no, to be honest with you, um, we saw it years ago when uh, we were studying film and um, we did uh, Bollywood cinema and this was one of the films that was featured as part of that um, course. So, okay. And that's when I really got into Bollywood cinema. Before that, I really wasn't so interested okay. in it. So this was sort of so, an introduction almost. Yeah, I mean, part of the, the some of the films that we saw were like Mother India and one or two so there were, some of these were more social orientated films as opposed to just general you know, like kind of, entertainment sort of like yeah exactly, sort exactly. Of like amusement sort of so thing. so yeah and this was probably one of the i mean you can't that's, you know kind of early movies of success really because yeah. this probably ranges back from 2006 it does indeed bang and bingo yeah. yeah yeah so that's why so and he's still a major star now I love that, I think Giovanna pointed out when we sat down to watch this, that like the IMDb's sort of, uh, you know, our, our sort of the 250s Indian selection is largely the Amir Khan selection as far as cinema goes. Yeah, I think part of it was because Lagan was a, a massive international hit, you know, the, the film about the cricket that yeah. we... And, our first uh, one, I think, the first one we covered. Yeah, so I think he would be someone that, among the, the Indian cinema, well... Amongst world audiences, he would probably be more well-known than perhaps... The other two cans. Yeah, because they make strictly Hollywood, or rather Bollywood, entertainment-based films that don't have a lot of social content attached to them, I would say. Uh, perhaps Shah Rukh Khan does, but, you know, Salman Khan doesn't really, I would suggest. Well, is, it, is it that people kind of come to Amir Khan movies for, for more of an education? Rather than just kind of getting a vibe, maybe, from... Well, to be honest, Giovanna has watched more of those uh, his films than I have, um, and she normally points them out to me. But I have noticed that uh, he makes probably less films than other he, movie stars, yeah. but each of his films tend to be huge box office hits, and they always have some kind of social message. And then he also... Um, he has his own kind of production company, and he, he kind of... Bankroll's films that uh, probably wouldn't be made. 
Yeah, no, there, there's Forbes actually does a fairly reasonable coverage of the Indian film industry, and I've been reading a bit of it. And they they break down the sort of study of the big of the big stars in Bollywood and their sort of value, and the, the sort of they because Forbes is obviously a very industry focused approach to like movie making and movie watching. And they notice that Amir Khan, you're correct, Amir Khan obviously has a much slower production rate than the others. But his films have a much higher box office return. And in particular, they tend to play longer at the box office as well. Their multiples tend to be quite higher. So it's not uncommon for uh, an Amir Khan film to finish with something like 4.5 times its opening weekend, which is uh, very uncommon in Bollywood and unheard of in the West. Yeah, well, in the West, generally what you find is a huge film uh, comes out and then after the opening weekend, normally you find the box office will drop anything between 50 and 60 percent the following weekend so it's unusual in the sense that only like say some of the small films that we know that art space films that tend to breathe almost yeah they basically what they call they uh, gather legs you know they word of mouth yeah word of mouth they go out maybe in new york initially and then they go worldwide or throughout america and then worldwide this kind of thing but i think with um with his films, they tend to, as you say, last a lot longer in terms of its um, run. And it is worth noting, actually, because you sort of you mentioned this in terms of like Ram de Basante, particularly at Lagan, as a movie like that went international. I was doing a lot of research on Ram de Basante, and I mean, we'll talk a lot about this later. But it's one of the films that's generally regarded, and maybe Giovanna can speak more to this, but about that opened up the Indian film market uh, internationally. It made nine million dollars overseas, which was a you know it's it's nothing now compared to modern Bollywood films that open internationally. But at the time, it was considered a huge amount. Um, most Indian films apparently have ten percent of their budget allocated to marketing, and particularly international marketing at the time. Whereas Rang de Basante had forty percent um, of its budget allocated. It arrived at a similar time to Monsoon Wedding and Bending Like Beckham in the UK, and there was generally seen as being like a, an interest worldwide in Indian cinema. And Ronda Basante has been described, particularly by its director, as a film that was aimed at sort of capturing that, at sort of like going a bit wider. But what about that, Giovanna? What do you think? Yes, uh, it's exactly like that, because uh, normally, I mean, uh, regular Bollywood films, like the traditional uh, uh, Bollywood fair, uh, is not really palatable for Western audiences, Mm -hmm. because uh, uh, these films are um, uh, too long normally for Western audiences. There are too many song and dance sequences that are totally removed from uh, the 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 story. Uh, And instead, uh, here in Rande Basanti, there are song and dance sequences but they are part of the story it's uh, them dancing then being part of a folk uh, dance uh, then uh, uh, it's uh, a sequence with uh, them running through the field and singing these sort of things and so uh, I mean it's more uh, similar to what uh, uh, people expect from a western film and uh, and then uh, also the story that uh, involves some um, a western character and uh, actually two because it's uh, uh, the protagonist the are the father and uh, so basically uh, people uh, don't see uh, a film that is totally removed from their experience from their culture because they they can connect through it, to it through the uh, western protagonists and uh, and so i mean uh, uh, this film was um, really really successful in terms of audiences uh, even because of that because it was um, capturing something uh, in terms of uh, activism in terms of uh, uh, like um, 
having uh, um, a say in terms of uh, the politics of your country and uh, even through uh, a Western um, um, outlook, like because normally these people, um, like I mean, um, Indian films, when they involved white characters, they were always about like Lagan, uh, like um, um, uh, in a negative way, just uh, uh, like seeing the, the British and the Indians and uh, they, they were at odds and instead in this case uh, this um, uh, uh, western character was kind of uh, helping them uh, w- was sympathetic and uh, she was helping them uh, develop a um, uh, social and civil uh, conscience because uh, these uh, uh, were basically overgrown kids who were uh, uh, hanging around uh, the university and uh, they, they weren't really thinking of doing anything with their lives and uh, instead uh, I mean uh, through a uh, documentary they started developing an interest in uh, fighting for uh, for uh, the right of the countries and uh, the, uh, their rights and then uh, what happens with uh, their friend who dies because uh, of, of uh, corrupt politicians um, basically ignites uh, this uh, um, 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 uh, fire within the fire, lines. yes. I, sp- I suppose, uh, yeah. Um, we probably won't talk too much in specifics now. Spoilers, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But um, I think there's, there's something in that. I mean, it's, it's worth noting that, for example, the film was nominated for 15 awards and took 10, including Best Film, at the International Indian Film Awards in Sheffield, England. Uh, Michelle Obama, when she visited India in 2010, danced to the theme song. And in fact, we'll include the YouTube video. Uh, the Rang de Basante. The Rang de Basante song as that well. That was my favourite song. I, I, I know we'll probably talk about um, some of the songs on the other side. But yeah, no, that, that was, that was out, out of all of the songs, that was, that was probably my favourite. The, 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 hmm. the, the thing you mentioned about kind of it associating itself with, with, with the West by having this Western character. They also have the Indian characters... Um, and it's like stated in the movie that they're aping uh, uh, Western w- Western culture. values, yeah. Western dancing, Western singing, and I actually enjoyed it, uh, the uh, music uh, more when they weren't doing that. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there is this thing that runs through. We'll probably talk. We talk about the songs in this morning, but some of yeah. the songs seem like they're geared more towards Western audiences, in particular early ones as well, where there's a lot of lyrics in English and, and that sort of. And stuff. it's a funny thing because I would imagine Western audience when uh, audiences when they go to see an Indian movie would want to immerse to, themselves. Yeah, and to hear hear the, the 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 kind of they they have an idea maybe uh, broadly of what they, what 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 to expect. Um, and maybe want a little bit of that, but maybe maybe not to to. It doesn't go into a whole kind of like song and dance, as you say. Uh, but um, I mean uh, the fact that uh, there was um, this uh, um, uh, Western kind of uh, uh, feel uh, in terms of uh, the way they were uh, dressed, uh, the way they talked, uh, the, uh, the music at the beginning, it's because um, um, Indian uh, young people are becoming increasingly Westernized yeah. and uh, mm. they like uh, rap music, they like everything yeah. that is American. Yeah. And so uh, this was um, uh, a way to open the film to 
that kind of youth because uh, they wanted the film to to, uh, resonate amongst uh, young people and uh, in fact uh, this is what um, um, happened because uh, after the film uh, they they were talking about the Rang de Basanti effect in the sense that um, uh, students in um, university became more politicized and they started uh, joining up and fighting for uh, uh, students' rights and civil rights in general and uh, this was uh, all um, uh, started from this film because uh, normally, uh, you know, people uh, are uh, just uh, thinking about themselves uh, and and then um, um, especially in India before there was a common enemy that was uh, the English but then uh, they left and then uh, basically people in India, they didn't uh, think that... uh, they um they they had anybody to fight in, in inside i mean obviously there are um, a lot of divisions uh, within the, uh, the indian society but uh, uh, i mean uh, uh, there wasn't a film that uh, so openly uh, such a um a, a, a widely known film like rang de basanti became that um, uh, denounced uh, the corruptions uh, denounced uh, um, the fact that uh, politicians are uh, not really caring about Mm. the people and so uh, that um, um, stimulates uh, young people to take action in some way. So very influential man. I I think the interesting thing is like even if you look at some of the characters in the Mm -hmm. film the parents, the goal seems to be to get an education and get their children out of India and onto somewhere else like America or the UK Mm. and this seems quite quite popular Mm. even if you look in this country there's Mm. a lot of people that are coming here to study and then will go away yeah but i mean a lot of indian people have arrived here get an education and look to stay in 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 europe you know that seems to be you know a fashionable thing as well you know so yeah i suppose that that that's what funds a lot of our uh, educational institutions yeah that's kind of like what what some of the I I, I suppose to, 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 to go to the to newspapers a bit maybe old newspapers <laughs> um, that was like one of the concerns around Brexit um, yeah. about about how um, freedom of of, of, of movement in, in, in pinch might might uh, might affect that I mean it's less of an issue because they're EU. Yeah. Um, people coming that's in, but but the, the whole idea of kind of like the well, the, the idea of immigration in particular, yeah, and, like, and that I mean, being being a hot button. It's, it's not it, like Brexit is going to affect their relationship with Europe, but there's a wider kind of a trend of of limiting um, uh, immigration. So yeah. I mean, I, I love this. Whenever we talk about Brexit on the podcast, even when we're <laughs> even when we're releasing it like within the space of a week of recording it, it already feels horribly outdated by the time we release. Yeah, it changes there's, all the time. It changes all the time, and somehow it gets worse. My personal favorite was a little while earlier a couple of weeks ago we were discussing how like they're talking about brexit and they're saying one of the big issues is that they won't be able to get fruit pickers in and then the week after that's like oh no everybody's going to starve and there's going to be no medicine so the time <laughs> we released the podcast we seemed horribly out of touch um but yeah be, yeah the, the, we all need fruit pickers because there'll be no one alive <laughs> to eat fruit yeah um, the problem solved itself really is, is what we're getting at here when i say we <laughs> yeah we're using the royal we but uh, actually, just in terms of the international reach of this, actually, to go back there, it's worth noting that, like, um, the actor Alice Patton, who plays the lead character, uh, Susan, in this, she's the daughter of the last... Oh, you know uh, this, do you? Chris Patton. Very good, yeah. yeah. The last... Uh... Governor of Hong Kong. Yeah. 
um, which adds a sort of an interesting layer of sort of like subtext to the role as well. She also famously played a character in uh, New Tricks, the BBC TV show, whose father was a Hong Kong businessman um, who was there when the British pulled out as well. Interesting. Um, Assuming that was an episode of New Tricks. Yeah, not she wasn't a regular on it. And she does look remarkably like Gwyneth Paltrow partway through. I was looking at that. That looks, she looks just like Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, it's funny you say that because she's actually not related. That's amazing. This <laughs> yeah. is Chris Pat's <laughs> daughter, <laughs> as opposed to Mr. Paltrow's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> See, we Paltrow. learned so much on this. this is just, they spell and pronounce their names differently. Um, they actually, UTV cut a British language version of this film, which is interesting because when we switched this on, um, we had like we had myself and Andrew had a minor uh, disagreement when we were first watching it. We never, we never disagree while watching movies. But uh, when Steve McIntosh, the actor who plays um, Susan's grandfather, appeared, and he starts to speak in English, and then they I've overlay had... his uh, they overlay his dialogue in Hindi, and then subtitle it in, in English. But every once in a while, you can hear his English dialogue in the background. Uh-huh. So I was wondering, was there like an English language version on the disc? Darren, in my defense. I've had bad experiences with 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 you wondering. I wonder if there's a different version of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, like no. Let's just watch watch the, this version. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like let it be. I, uh, I don't I, think uh, there was a totally English version. I think it was just because uh, the um, uh, the character yeah. was mainly speaking in English, uh, so it wouldn't have made sense uh, to have him. Uh, Think <laughs> so you have to overlay his uh, English dialogue, and then uh, you have the subtitles underneath, which is a nice effect. But the UTV famously cut an English language; they did actually cut an English language version of the film um, called "The Color of Sacrifice," um, uh, because actually that is the um, translation. Yeah. Basically, it would be painted uh, yellow, painted the saffron, saffron yeah. uh, but saffron in um, um, basically uh, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, in uh, Indian culture, means uh, courage and strength, but also sacrifice. That's why you see a lot of um, uh, religious people and um, even uh, yes, uh, nationalist uh, uh, people like um, uh, the um, uh, extremely nationalist. and they are dressed uh, with uh, um, uh, uh, saffron collar, uh-huh. saffron scarves, uh, because it's a symbol of sacrifice, uh, especially in uh, religion, in, um, in even in Buddhism. And uh, also in Hinduism, nice. and, it, and it's a it's a it's an India saffron that that's on the flag. I was going to say, yes, yeah. exactly. It's, uh, it's the same. Uh, it, that color is there because of saffron and because of uh, what saffron symbolizes. Okay, well, before we jump into the spoilers and we talk about the movie in a bit more depth, uh-huh. we're just going to ask three questions. And the three questions are: first of all, do you think this movie belongs on the two hundred and fifty? Second of all, would it be on your own personal two hundred and fifty? And third of all, if the people listening to this podcast haven't watched the movie already, should they pause the podcast, run off, watch this movie, and then come back and listen to the spoiler zone? The traditional response is, what were the three questions? Um, so maybe we'll... We'll, we'll go uh, one at a time. So um, do you guys think that this movie belongs on the top 250 movies of all time? Difficult to say. Um, on the one hand, it's... Yeah. Because I think the interesting thing about this film, particularly it shows that and we were talking about this a couple of days ago in terms of South Africa, you know, um, we were having a discussion at work. Sometimes when you go from a, you get independence from what you consider to be an oppressor, things don't, they just get replaced. 
by another they don't layer. Massively improve. Yeah. So basically, with something like India, because the thing about the film is it kind of mirrors a bit before when the British were in charge. Yeah. And then the bit where which the is Indians sort of temporary. are yeah, yeah, which is in charge. Yeah. yeah. So they're in charge as well. So it shows in how even after independence, the people are let down by the people that are in power that have come in after independence. And this is a common thread. It's happened in Irish history as well. Oh, the yeah. discussions that we've had. I today. mean, there's been no corruption in Irish politics. Never any corruption. Irish politics is clean as a whistle. Yeah, no, it's not. there you go. No, it's not. So, um, I feel like it, um, on the scale of corruption, I don't think <laughs> Ireland can compare with India. Um, I, 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 I think for us to say, well, we're not so innocent either. It's like, well, we're fairy. Like, the, 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 I mean, we're, 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 we're not, we're, we're, we're not, not completely. In means, yeah, it's not so much the corruption. It's more the way that the, the people are not. Um, you know, there's a change of power, yeah. and then the people are not. They're let down by the, by the people, that that, the government that follows. So, yeah. And that happens a lot. So it's interesting that they point this out in this film because they're saying that because it's the biggest democracy in the world, I'd say. Yeah. And hence people put them in power. But there's even within each state, the way that people become in power is through corruption. It's, and that's the thing. So it's it's incredible. It's uh, the Bugle um, podcast. They often um, um, have a guest. I, I I suppose we'll we we'll probably in include in the show notes. But he 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 often gives his kind of update on uh, on India and the corruption and the latest kind of like disaster to 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 follow politically. There, he he was like India is so corrupt. That um, recently, um, a man working in the uh, government mint took home a machine that printed money <laughs> and was printing money in his house and got fined and paid the fine using the the money. To print oh, okay. the money. That's yeah. fantastic. That's a very inventive thinking. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember I, I spent some time in Ghana as a, as a child and one of the things that we would bond over, my dad would bond over with local officials, particularly like local officials in, in sort of Africa, was jokes about like the corruption that followed like a post-colonial state. Mm. And they used to have these jokes that they would tell that we're like, not really going to repeat on the podcast about levels of corruption in various different countries uh, around the region as well. So, for example, they tell a joke. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to change the countries and make them anonymous. It's so the, uh, one is... Uh, like a uh, r- random kind of African officials listening to the podcast. <laughs> like, hey, good luck, well, and, Jonathan. And, and, uh, and, and, li- listening to the podcast, it says, um, um, lawyer, sue Darren Mooney. I'm suing. I'm suing. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. To be fair, again, I said this was bonding. Ireland was included in this as well. So there are these three guys. You should never have mentioned his second name. Yeah. You should I, never yeah. tell his surname. No. <laughs> Let's just call him Good luck, Jake. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so this country, right, which is, you know, so there are these three guys from these three different countries. Actually, I've heard who, he's fairly good if he is listening. Okay. Anyway, uh, sorry. Am I going to tell this awful joke or not? Because after the build-up, it's completely pointless. Tell the uh, awful joke. Yeah. So there are these three officials from these three countries who meet one day when they're sort of working on, they're, you know, they're, they're working the UN together. They sort of, they bump into one another. They become friends and they mm-hmm. say, look, 
we are all going to go our separate ways. We're going into private enterprise. Let's meet up in about five years and see how we're doing. So, you know, five years later, they go to, uh, let's call him Tony. Tony from country number one. Uh, and he's like, uh, so, you know, he's, they go to his house. And it's like, wow, this is a big house. This is really, really nice. How did, like, you, you were a government official. How did you afford this? He's like, well, let me tell you. Um, let me show you something. He goes, uh, so he goes out to his garden and he looks out and it's overlooking a valley. And in the valley, there's a big, there's this wonderful bridge. And the bridge is built. It goes across there. And he's like, yeah, see that bridge? Uh, the construction materials uh, and the labor to build it cost $4 million, uh, But I got a UN grant to build it for $6 million. Where the extra two million go? And he gestures at the house. Mm-hmm. So the other two guys sort of stroke their chin. They go, "Oh, this is great." It's like, so we, we'll do this again next year, right? Yeah, yeah. So then they go to uh, Bob's house the following year from another random country, and they go to Bob's house, and Bob's house is massive. It's amazing. It's a mansion. It's got a swimming pool. It's got servants. It's it's glorious. And they sort of, you know, they go, wow, Bob, how did you afford this? And Bob says, well, let me show you. And he takes that at the back, and at the back, it's overlooking this wonderful canyon. And on there, there's this rickety rope bridge going back and forth. And it's like, <laughs> cost to build this rope bridge, you know, cost about 100 grand. You know, labor costs another 100 grand. I got a grant for, you know, about 4 million from the UN to build it. It's like, so this is how I afforded it. And they go, wow, this is great. So they go back inside. And they say, let's, let's do this again next year, but in, in the third guy's country. So the third guy, let's call him Jay. Jay, you know, invites them out, and it's you a palace. You need to tell us the surname so that we can pinpoint the country. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the sort of the racism underpinning the joke. But Jay invites them to the, his palatial house. It's sprawling. It's like something from, like, 14th century France. There's people in fancy costumes. They're running around. There are hors d'oeuvres being offered, even though there's no meal being served. They're like, this is amazing. How did you do this? He says, well, come with me. Takes them out back. Once again, it's overlooking this massive chasm. And he says, you see that bridge there? And they go, no. And he says, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so that, that was the level of, yeah, I know. Thank, thank you. That took far longer than it should. But, um, so yeah, so. He's here all week. I, I, I am. Uh, please remember to tip your waiters. Hey, you're a good crowd. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Giovanna, what about you? Do you think this movie belongs on the 250? Uh, yes, I think it does because it's um, a very important movie, not just in terms of uh, uh, the um, socio-political contest and so on, but also because uh, he, he managed to uh, kind of uh, um, uh, show a different kind of Bollywood, uh, um, uh, a Bollywood that um, can be uh, more modern and more uh, closer to Western um, expectations, uh, expectations and sensibilities, and uh, and then it's a um, it's a very good film it's uh, it's very well made and uh, it's a uh, very entertaining and um, um, and uh, meaningful as well so definitely should be in um, in the top two I guess one thing that uh, what you've just said I guess just occurred to me that people can relate to it in terms of what happens in the film in terms of the corruption that happens in other countries so it has a very broad like I mean it's very particular to India in fact like it closes not to be too spoiling with a postscript that explains the context of what mm. we just watched in terms of like real geopolitical terms but yeah I think that like many many countries and we'll probably mm. talk about this more when we get to the spoiler zone about this idea there's some dialogue in there that's very pointed that feels like it could just as easily apply to the United States even yeah. or, or to Ireland uh, in the past say 5-10 years or since 2006 when the film came out which I think is very, very relevant. So I do think it is. it has a sort of a nice universal 
sort of aspect to it. I think it's very accessible, not just because of how it's shot, not just because it features characters and actors, uh, like, for example, Patton, but also Steve McIntosh, who I punched the air when I saw, and everyone was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I, I know Steve McIntosh. Yeah. yeah. Famously, um, one of the actors involved in the first female orgasm seen on the BBC. Oh, right. Oh, that one. Yeah. Tony Clett was the other one. Ah. So he he wasn't the one having the female orgasm. Though. No, that would have been quite an accomplishment. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, he's appeared in stuff like Luther, for example, and, and various other things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it is very accessible, I think. Yeah. So um, would you guys have it on your own at two fifty? I mean, we, if 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 you feel it should be in the two fifty, maybe um, maybe it would be in your own. Yeah. But I think it, the but, thing is that yeah. we watch so many films so. I don't really have a 250 because it would change all the time. Yeah. Mm. So that's well, the, the actual 250 changes all the time. As well. So then I, I couldn't say. Today it could be on, tomorrow it might not be. Yeah. Recency bias, um, it's fantastic. Whatever movie I last watched, <laughs> it's on the And the first movie I ever watched. Yeah. It's primacy bias. <laughs> yeah. So like Little Mermaid. And we'll always be there. Um, what about yourself, Giovanna? Would it be on your own personal list? Uh, yes, yeah. I think uh, it would be. It would be because uh, I mean I uh, really liked it, and uh, I liked uh, the fact that it was uh, um, uh, showing even uh, um, uh, some uh, part of uh, Indian history in terms of uh, the original, the uh, uh, exactly the the original uh, freedom fighters that were mentioned in the films that uh, were real, like Bhagat Singh. I mean that is a real story and. So so it's important uh, like to to see how history can still be relevant to um, to today's uh, uh, life and uh, this film um, uh, plays that out really well and Andrew what about yourself actually because we kind of skipped you there like would this do you think this belongs on the 250 and would it be on your own personal 250 um no um and and no um and whether 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 I recommend it sure um, but it, it's not it's not really to uh, to 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 my taste. I think um, like keen keen eared listeners may 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 have discovered that I have certain kind of like um, biases against certain types of movies, and and this would 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 trigger would, some of those biases. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't. Um, while while it was a good movie, it wasn't a movie for me. I, that, I that suspect I, we'll that talk I, about that, that in the other side as far as on the particulars um, of what it was that sort of that didn't resonate with you. And I imagine you guys would recommend people who haven't seen the movie to stop the podcast, go out, watch the movie, come back two, two hours, hours later. Yeah. Well, I, I think the important thing is it's very accessible. Yeah. yeah. You know, because uh, I guess when the film starts, it's very well. If you look at the, it's very colourful. Yeah. yeah. Very bright. It's beautifully yeah. shot, and it has that warmth of, uh, and the characters are very modern. Mm. Yeah, you know, because it could be any university in the world, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, so it's got that element of it, and people can relate to it. And so it's accessible in that sense, as opposed to some movies that are very particular, that are yeah. very rooted in a place or time or yeah, culture. to a particular, you know, kind of yeah, as you say. So in this way, it can be accessible to anybody because there's so many strands of it that are universal, and and yet it's not too fluffy. Like it, it does it does get dark in parts, and like it has a good becomes kind of a, a darker shade of saffron. 
Sorry, that makes very light of it. There is a standard Indian saffron. Yeah. There are actual laws. Okay, apologies. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. that was very intense with me. Um, but there are, it's, it's, it's been a common factor of these last 10 years or so where you've got films that start off with really breezy, and it's, oh, this is a fun film, and then all of a sudden, so they that's the first half, and then it comes to a dramatic point, and then there's an interval, and then the rest of the film is really serious. Um, and this sort of probably does yeah, the trend, really. And not to get too small, probably before we jump to the spoiler zone, I actually quite like that aspect of the film. I like, I think it's one of those things where we talk about like the length of movies and like the, you know, no movie being too long and no movie being too short, as long as it's good. Yeah. And one of the things that I like about the length of Painted Saffron or Rang Passante is that the length of it allows for this radical, almost tonal shift where like, I think at one stage we ourselves had a minor interval at a certain point in the film. Yeah. And up until that point, it had been relatively light and fluffy and sort of it had been very personal, very intimate, very sort of like grounded student sort of drama and a little bit of comedy, very playful and stuff like that. A little and bit of history. A little bit of history. And Nothing we don't already know. Well, some stuff I didn't already know. Um, but I mean... And then it takes a turn and it becomes a lot heavier, a lot more earnest. And the characters in particular, and I won't get into specifics because we're going to do that in a moment, but mm. the characters take a turn that I don't think I would have called even an hour into the film. No. And, it, and I kind of admire the movie's length because it allows that to have like the proper impact. Because if you cut an hour out of the start, then you, you lose the impact of that shift. Well, I think there's an interesting thing now is that everyone that I pretty much know has got Netflix... Uh, and they, so we are now used to watching television series and binging on like a 12 hour over a couple of days, yeah. you know, like a day or so or two. So now a film that's three hours long or two and a half, it doesn't seem so long. It's just, it's just really an epic series that's so, been cut short. <laughs> yeah, so I think in that respect, the length allows a story to develop. And it's common with a lot of Indian films that they have. Uh, you know, you have a lot of backstory, how people got to know each other and, you know, what their backgrounds are, all this kind of stuff. So yeah. I think this... And song and dance that. numbers. Yeah, yeah, and song and dance numbers. So. But yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that, like, that one of the criticisms that's been leveled at, at Netflix is that they're not very good at, like, breaking up episodes and they're not very good at, like, structuring individual episodes in... So that the argument is that they become, like, 10 or 12-hour films. Yeah. And the best shows, like, I think Mindhunters works quite well like that. But it, watching it, this gives me that sort of impression where it's, it's this thing where you couldn't break it down into constituent hours or parts. You couldn't make a mini series of it. You'd lose the effect of watching it in one burst. And I think it works very well as like a th- two hour and three quarter sort of burst. Mm. Yeah. All right, then with that in mind, then we'll segue neatly into the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone? So, Babu, having been the person who selected this movie, what is Rang de Passante about for you? I think for me, it's uh, it shows that to a certain extent things didn't change, that the people were let down by a change from when the British were there, from colonial power to you know a power that... Well, I guess it's that, you know, when, because um, just recently we've celebrated the you know, Independence Day. And so it kind of shows that some things change, but not everything changes. So it's almost like everyone fought for the freedom and people sacrificed their lives 
and then all that happens is that the people who are wealthy and Rise in up power and fill the gap. Yeah, and they they remain in power. Yeah. You know, and that's what's that's what it's for me about to a certain extent. And it's very interesting having lived here. I have these conversations with some of my colleagues at work and they say the same thing about Irish history. Yeah. Um and more and more every time the longer every time I see one of these films and I think about Irish history, it's very similar in some respects. And uh, we were watching a film recently called Black Forty Seven that Giovanna wanted to go and watch. Um, and Darren. it was very. You should see Darren. Uh, I'm giddy. I'm giddy. <laughs> I'm not just punching the air with one fist. I'm like double uppercutting the air. <laughs> double uppercutting the air, smiling. But love black. Yeah. But it's very interesting because it shows that the in this film, what we've just rung Basinti, it shows um, the British who are in power, and the Indians that work for the British. And you see the freedom fighters that are Indian and Indians who work for the British trying to hurt them, yeah. as it were. And then if you look at Black 47, it's very similar where you've got people who are working for the British and are fighting the Irish. And it's sort of that kind of thing. And then when the British left India and the British left Ireland... You had these people who, as, as just as you said, they filled all the gaps. So the people that were, they just moved into those positions where one lot left and they just filled those gaps. That's sort of vacancy. Because, I mean, it is worth noting, and again, I can't speak much to, to Indian revolutionary history, but in terms of Irish political history, it's generally regarded as something of a failure. That, for example, a lot of our, the advocates for Irish independence and for like even home rule before that would have been advocates for a more socially conscious, socially liberal state. Uh, but in the wake of like the British departure from Ireland, what happened is you got a much more conservative uh, approach. You got the Catholic Church coming in, filling the gap. You got a very sort of anti sort of socially progressive perspective, which would have been very shocking to people like Larkin, for example, or Connolly, or many of the people who would have fought and died during our revolution. There was somebody called my colleague calls him Gone Beans. Is that something that's familiar with you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's... This is. Um... Well, my my um, I I I I don't know if I fully understand the word, but I always think of it in 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 in, in terms of like more um, in incompetence or com- yeah. com- complicity rather than any malice or uh, uh, corruption as yeah. such. Yeah, if you're a gone bean, you're a fool. It's it's what how I would have used it. Yeah, how I would have sort of been. But I, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like it it it, it might have a more uh, uh, technical use as as well. I'm not sure. Um, but how 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 do people use the word um, in 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 your circle? Um, in my circle, they mean it to be people who basically were only looking after themselves. So when the British were in power. They were helping the British just by looking after themselves. And then when the British left, they just didn't really care about the country. They just looked after themselves. So right. they may have risen into power and then they looked after themselves. Yeah. With, yeah. With, without any without any kind of higher um, ideals or, or exactly. purposes. It's, exactly. It's like in... in um, in the era of um, Charlie Hawhey, there was a, a a chief whip um, who 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 spoke to one of the kind of um, uh, backbenchers and says, um, 
Um, Charlie wants you to vote on your conscience on this one. I said, well, what's what's a conscience policy? Because <laughs> there's all of these politicians who, like you say, yeah, are just kind of like... They're, their own interests. And yeah. And it, it's like a family business. And it's not... It, like, they're, 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 there's an extent to which in the movie... Um, they deal with these sorts of things where where you have this idea of familiar sort of institutions. Like, I mean, Quran is one of the members of the group. His father is very well connected. And the implication is that he will be well connected as well because he happens to have grown up in that environment. And there's a real cynicism kind of in, in the people that you see um, in the political parties. Yeah. Like the, the Laxman's um, uh, political boss. Yeah. Um, Which is kept a very nondescript, the party with a capital P. Yeah, um, we were not naming a party, but yes, I mean um, um, there is this um, uh, really uh, hardcore um, 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 uh, nationalist Indian party. Is um, um, I think is a Bharatiya. Uh, is a BJP party? Uh, yes, Bharatiya Janata Party, and uh, that is um, um, the leading party at the moment, uh-huh. and it's uh, it's um, it, uh, the one responsible, for example, for changing all the names, like uh, Bombay became Mumbai, uh-huh. uh, uh, for example, um, Victoria Terminus, uh, that is a uh, this big station. It's a big station in Bombay became uh, Chhatrapati Sivaji Terminus. Uh-huh. Minus because it was a, a name. Reclaimed as yes, a sort of exactly. nationalist icon. Uh, exactly. Easier to say. <laughs> uh, or definitely. For a new Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> even most Indians uh, still say Bombay and uh, Victoria, Victoria Terminus yeah. and so on. But uh, uh, yes, so that is um, a very um, um, real, I mean, even in um, um, current terms, uh, because uh, that party really exists uh, and uh, it really, it really wreaks havoc in terms of uh, the Indian society. I get the impression that Kajivan uh, is more, probably more well-versed on this, but they, they tend to have a... I think what they do is probably use religious... Um, Are these the party we would have talked about last week with PK, for example? Would they have been involved in that scandal? That sort of, well, not scandal, but that sort of like, yes, yes, um, moral panic, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly, because uh, they're all for Hindu religion. No, I mean anti for Islam. the uh, yes, and anti even other religions. Like, uh, uh, for example, in this film, we see people uh, in that group of friends, uh, and uh, there is a Muslim, uh, a Hindu, and uh, then um, uh, a Sikh, for example. Amir Khan character is Sikh so you see several religions then uh, you see uh, symbols of uh, the, um, a Christian religion of course so uh, you, you see many different religions and you see that uh, these people uh, this group of friends even if uh, they belong to different religions and at the beginning there are some frictions because of that then uh, they're still friends yeah. I mean at uh, the end uh, there is a beautiful scene where the um, hardcore um, Hindu nationalist and the Muslim guy are lying down uh, together and so they yeah. all dance Laxman is saving. It's Aslan. Exactly, exactly. It's them, and yes, and they are helping each other, and uh, they they save each other's lives. So I mean, uh, that is because uh, even that is a problem in India that uh, Mm. uh, there are still uh, religious tensions, and uh, normally they cover. Uh, religion with politics uh, like um, uh, I mean um, it seems like a religious issue but uh, it's uh, really a political issue you know they try to 
put people against each other because of uh, political gain. Yeah. 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 Kind of divide and conquer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there, there is, this is a film with a very strong social conscience. We sort of talked about it before coming into the spoiler zone. Um, Giovanna pointed out that, for example, there have been real-life student protests that have been inspired by this. And, in fact, there have actually been movies made. Uh, this is kind of interesting. It's like, this is how big Grand de Basante is as a cultural phenomenon. There have been movies made about the movement that has been inspired by the film, about the students acting up. So, for example... It's eating its tail. Um, <laughs> yeah, these movies are writing themselves. Uh, but, for example, like, No One Killed Jessica, which was inspired around the acquittal of the men accused of killing Jessica Lau, uh, which took place um, within a city where a politician's son was accused of killing this woman. He walked up to her and he literally just shot her in a bar in front of lots of people. And that inspired this sort of like student movement. There were huge protests that were allegedly directly inspired by those seen in the film, like the candle vigil and stuff like that. Mm. And so the police protests, which were apparently taken or inspired by the students who organized them with explicit reference to uh, Ron de Vizante, which is remarkable. Like it's remarkable. It's kind of like almost like V for Vendetta in like, European or American pop culture where all of a sudden you have people wearing these Guy Fawkes masks. Mm. It's something to see a movie with that sort of cultural reach. I know, it's uh, it's really interesting and that's why I think this film is so important because, uh, I mean, uh, normally um, a popular kind of Indian films are not uh, about... Um, um, social problems, they're not uh, about um, uh, awakening a political conscience in people and uh, so uh, I mean even if uh, some uh, films in the past like in the 70s there, there were these uh, angry young men films and uh, they were uh, uh, made um, uh, to resonate with uh, um, social and political problems that were going on in the um, uh, in the country, like the state of emergency. There were uh, a lot of social and political upheavals and um, disorders around the country because people felt that the government wasn't supporting them, wasn't doing enough for them. And uh, but these films were about one. Um, character uh, usually played by Amitabh Bachchan that is this mm-hmm. legendary um, uh, Bollywood actor who uh, from humble beginnings uh, managed to uh, raise uh, above uh, uh, the corruptions and uh, or uh, e- e- even through embracing the corruption sometimes but uh, uh, try to um, avenge uh, like the injustice of uh, um, that he saw in his life uh, through his uh, strength uh, through his power and even if uh, he um, wasn't uh, uh, really powerful at the beginning of the film. You always see him having um, um, humble beginnings. Then he manages to uh, succeed by the end of the film, and people could see themselves in the film. But the film wasn't uh, really making obvious references to current uh, events, to current events, or uh, uh, corruptions among the politicians, uh, or um, to the fact that people should. Uh, a kind of uh, gang up against uh, injustice. It was all very veiled and very on an uh, individual kind of basis, no? like that the individual can... Um, um, can empower themselves. Exactly, almost. even uh, um, without um, anybody's help. No? Well, I mean, what, what tends to happen with people's movements is that people kind of unite and get together and organise and... Um, maybe they achieve their aims or some sort of upheaval. And then the people kind of, you know, retreat because they have to 
you know, live their own lives and do their normal thing. And whoever they've left in charge is now the the new kind of... Um, this is the who's meet the new the, boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Won't get fooled again. Sort of so, thing. yeah, and even, even like... Um, I tip my hat to the new revolution, bow my head to the new constitution. Yeah, yeah. and it, you see with, like, even kind of new kind of political movements in... Um, in Europe, like in the in the Macron presidency, there was this huge kind of um, a, a grassroots movement to get him elected, and apparently the grassroots movement doesn't really exist anymore. Well, uh, everybody it, just it, went on with their lives. Yeah, it's just like okay, um, but it, it, it's not. It's it, now 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 the job belongs to um, to that kind of inner circle. Who were elevated in, by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, this, gets, this gets back to, I think, what, what sort of Babu was saying about how, like, revolutions and sort of... And, and it's not just, like, independence movements. Revolutions in general tend to empower, like, select groups of people. Like, I mean, the French Revolution arguably did very little immediately to help the plight of, the you know, the people it was supposed to help. It just empowered a bunch of, you know, sort of a cabal. Same thing happened. Yeah, but it gave them all jobs. In the army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, go, to go and, and invade the rest of Europe. But, for example, uh, even stuff like... The, you mentioned South Africa, because I think that was a topic of conversation with your workmates. So like, that sort of the, the sort of the end of apartheid in South Africa, the adoption of a new constitution. The South African constitution, and again, I say this as somebody who studied law and is very boring, but is one of the most beautiful... Uh, documents ever written because it espouses this wonderfully humanist view that everybody in the country is entitled to protection. They're entitled to a roof over their head. They're entitled to food in their belly. As a document, as a statement of purpose for a government, you couldn't ask for a better piece of paper. Mm -hmm. The issue is that after that, you had this election of like the, the ANC and sort of the centre of the ANC, which was massively corrupt and incapable of, whether through will or just corruption, of realising that the promise and potential of that document. I, I think, again, the, my colleague at work seemed to indicate, and I don't know enough about the history of South Africa to say one way or the other, but he tended to say that the, basically the people who already had power just continued to have power, you know, but it, it, so the, the change in government and the freedom didn't make any difference. I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, I, I don't know enough about the South African history. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, I think that it is a case that every time there is... A change from one oppressor it just seems that um, somebody else comes in and power corrupts unfortunately and then maybe the and this film kind of shows it I guess to a certain extent where and then the people are almost left powerless because as you say to a certain extent people have their own lives so they accept what goes on yeah. or and even when they protest they go home afterwards yeah and then the other thing as well as I guess is that this this is very interesting because it shows a group of, of, of students who are generally Absolutely. quite affluent, you know, other than one or two, perhaps, yes. and not so much. But on the whole, they look like the kind of people that kind of will have a debate, but they're not going to really change anything. Yeah, they're lounging yeah. around, they're lazing around. Like, I mean, like one Rahul of the... Rahul is the one who, who doesn't have very much money yeah. because he has a job that doesn't pay. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that, that comes up repeatedly, I mean, even early in the film, is how difficult it is to get these young, playful, boisterous boys to even show up for, like, auditions and rehearsals <laughs> for a film that they agreed to do, that they are very interested in doing. They're just sitting there watching television, eating food, ranking how beautiful women are on television. 
Not that that's not a worthy pastime. Andrew sort of looked at me there, gave me a look as what? if to say, what, <laughs> what, uh, what kind of slight are, are, are you pushing on me? I just want to distance myself from Darren's disgusting comments about the shade of saffron that should be. Uh, I am not the one defending myself here. It's, but... it's interesting, though. Um, one of the characters in the film, DJ, he says in one of the, you know, the conversations he asks with Sue, has with Sue, oh, um, you know, I graduated about five years ago, yeah. and here I'm somebody, whereas I'll go back in the out, outside world, I'm really nobody. And there's a couple, of, uh, if you look at some of the, the, the Brat Pack movies in uh, America of the 80s, and there was one called St. Elmo's Fire, yeah. and the character of Rob Lowe, yeah. he's the guy that, well, he was Mr. Popular on the, on the university yeah. campus, and when he comes back to the university, he goes, hey, how are you, you okay? They greet him as an old friend and, you know, and he was somebody there. But when he graduated, he was just, I don't know what he was doing in the film, but he wasn't. He wasn't at all satisfied. He, he never fulfilled his potential. He yeah. sort of flamed out almost. And, and I think that's where it's interesting how a lot of people who are students, it's carefree and, you know, it's very easy. It's a nice life, you know, but it's... I think like, I, I would have known people in college who would have been studying their third or fourth degree because they liked it there so much. They liked being in college and they like sort of being in a place that... Was there another reason why they were on their third or fourth degree? Like really rich parents. Yeah. That, that may also be a factor. May have been but, a factor. But they, there, like college is sort of like a the Van Wilder here. <laughs> um, and and the, the, um, it's, it's funny because it really comes across that he's older. <laughs> than the rest of them. Um, not just because you cut to Amir Khan playing a much older character in 1923 and then you can't unsee that. Um, it's like, yeah, he looks about 40 when he's playing, is it Sing? But, yeah. but even those characters uh, in real yeah. life were really young. Yeah. 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 I mean, they weren't old. It's just that uh, those uh, moustache and those haircut make him look really old. But yeah. uh, even uh, the original Freedom Fighter were uh, in their early 20s. Yeah. That's the, so that's the Irish Revolution was yeah. fairly young. Actually. That's the problem I have with this movie, by the way. Oh, the, yeah. the, the description of them as they're not terrorists, they're freedom fighters. It's like terrorism is expressing their means, freedom fighters is expressing their ends. Um, they're, 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 and, and it's like, um, what, what, makes, um, what makes you different from a terrorist? It's like terrorists kill innocent people. Terrorists also uh, kill uh, legitimate targets. And I'm not defending terrorism. I'm um, condemning terrorism. And anyone who, who, who calls themselves a, a, a freedom fighter and, and, and uses um, uh, terrorism to, to, to achieve their aim, it's anything that's intended to terrorize. So whether, 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 whether you're killing a soldier or a government minister or a president, you're, 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 you're working towards a political aim by using guns and bombs and killing people and blowing things up. So they're terrorists. I'm right. sorry. They, like the, the distinction between a freedom fighter and a terrorist is like, one is describing them from from, uh, from their the point, point of view, view and the other is from the point of view of the yeah. state. Yeah, um, but they're they're not they're not mutually um, exclusive. Ex- exclusive. What what like like, like I say? Um, but again, ter- ter- terrorism is the means 
uh, to their end. Freedom is is the, the end. end in theory. But again, this is something that's not particular to this. This is something that like every movie with the nationalist or every narrative, every nationalist oh, yeah. narrative. Like if you were to describe, um, like Ireland in the mid at the moment is sort of halfway between our the centenary of our nineteen sixteen rising, which would be very similar to the events depicted here, in that it's meant to be this big shocking act that sort of moves people out of apathy and sort of towards like this idea of pushing towards reform and revolution uh, and the centenary of our civil war and more of independence. And if you were to describe in Ireland, if you were to talk about the, the heroes of 1916 as terrorists, which I, I think it's entirely fair to say they were, that would be considered a controversial statement. Oh yeah. That would I, be considered like that. Cause, and, and that's fair because it's a nationalist thing you're poking at. So I can understand why Ron DePassante is a little cautious about throwing around the word terrorist. That's why we're only making this point an hour into the podcast. Yes. We want to ensure that we haven't lost any listeners. Any, any, anyone is... Uh, if you made uh, it this far, you're, you're so committed. Yeah, you're, you're either asleep or you're anchored to the idea that you have to listen to the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're committed. Stuck. Yeah, you, this is the gambler's fallacy. You listen so... Whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've invested so much time in this episode of the podcast, you're not going to stop listening. But no, I, I think that's I think that's fair. a special treat later on. I think that's fair, though. I think that there is something in that in the idea that like I suspect the reason why it's so cautious about using the term terrorist is because it's a movie about nationalist sentiment in the same way that we would be cautious about using the word terrorist in Michael Collins I like it's funny using the word caution because I think movies like this are dangerous like I'm glad to hear that it's that it's encouraged um, students to get more um, involved politically and to, to engage in activism but I mean there, 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 there's, there, there's lots of bad messages in this movie. Well, this and, is, and the, 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 and it's, it's, it's a kind of a celeb- it's, it's a celebration of, um, of there, 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 there's a funny moment at the beginning of the movie where Sue is about to go over to India to make this documentary, and they're like, um, we don't really want to do it. Uh, people like Gandhi, can you do something like that? And it's like, no, I want, I, I feel it's important to, I think to, it was, to cover these freedom fighters. Yeah, I mean, that, that scene there was more the fact that they had budget cuts and they didn't yeah. have any money, and they were thinking, right, okay, but if you have a populist figure like Gandhi, who's very... Well-known, he's well a brand, known. he's, you know, he's like, everybody we, knows who Gandhi is. We'll people the, really we'll like this not killing people thing. Yeah. I don't think that's quite it. I think people just recognise Gandhi because yes. he's a celebrity. So, exactly. I don't think, I don't think the, the position was that, you know, he's a lot less violent and that sells. No blood sells. No. I think it was more Gandhi sells. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. people know No, Gandhi. absolutely. But I just thought it was a strange kind of, like, comment because these, these, these are... Um, uh, imperfect um, uh, heroes that inspire um, a um, horrific kind of outcome in 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 the in the people who um, who decide to embody those values in a contemporary India. So it's like the the the, the, the problem with with um, contemporary India is not that there's not enough uh, terrorist in this incidents. The problem is that there are too much. So well, this, they, this is... they, 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 to, for 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 the for the movie to kind of like work them into a, a political fervor, and for the outcome of that to be that they assassinate a, a minister a for defense minister. Um, and murder one of their fathers. But and, I mean, yeah. So there's 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 uh, and... there's patricide. Um, there's a um, there's 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 assassination. Also, like suicide, where 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 you, you it, it's not DJ, Should but be. it's Should it's be. 
It's his... It's Suki. Who, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, Suki. Yeah. Uh, Suki who, yeah, but and by the way, DJ, DJ doesn't get to fulfill his promise. I feel like there was a moment there where Suki gets shot, falls to the ground and says, I'm still a virgin, where DJ oh. is thinking, oh, gosh, do I have enough time? Oh, no, he's dead. Okay, that's fine. I love... I, when, when the moment that joke was set up in the first half of the film, I was like, Andrew is going to bring this up as a massive <laughs> disappointment. Set up and no payoff on this. Yeah, yeah. He, he does come back to it. DJ's promise. Yeah. What, what was DJ's other promise? I feel like he also didn't... That they'd make the movie. That they'd make the movie. They did make the movie. Right, they did. They also made much more than the movie. I mean, it's worth coming back to that, because this is something that made me uncomfortable with the film, and I'm not... I'm still not entirely sure, because... Again, this is I haven't seen this movie before, and I'm always when we talk about movies that I haven't seen before, I'm watching for the first time. When they make me uncomfortable in a particular way that I wasn't expecting, I'm I tend to hedge. I'm a little uncomfortable, sort of coming out and not getting off the fence and committing to it if it makes me feel a little bit odd or uneasy. One it's a movie like, about coming off the fence. Yeah, and what made this interesting for me is that it it. Seems like a movie, and Andrew's right, about radicalization, and, and in a way that's very striking. It's a movie, it's hard to imagine, for example, a Hollywood film where they would play the assassination of, like, the Secretary of Defense uh, by a bunch of students as an, an unequivocally heroic act, for example. Well, it's like a V for Vendetta, but instead of some dystopian universe, it's contemporary India. Yeah, I suppose that makes so sense. So, yeah, it doesn't, like, it, it, in V for Vendetta, there's, there, there's, there's this kind of point about this is a... Um, well, this is and, 1984, uh, this, this is Orwell's 1984. Exactly, and this mm-hmm. is an oppressive society where you can't, um, where the only... Um, response is is to um strike against the government by any means um available but it's established in this movie that they can join the police the civil service they can become politicians they can they, vote they can vote they are the ones who put these people in it's the largest democracy in the world um that they have all of these means for 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 affecting change and that's what they say in the movie and in, in, in fairness, they, they, they own up to their crime and say that it, it's, it's a sin, but there's a certain amount of kind of valorization of it. And the way the, way, the, way the minister is, is, um, is killed, they don't really linger on um, his death. It's kind of like they're, they're, there's just a kind of a disgust about how uh, they're telling lies about um, his legacy and trying to make him out to yeah. be a hero. So you don't know, there's for no, example, if he has a family yeah. or, or if anything like that. There's no reflection on the, the, the kind of the reality of the... A of, person's of, been killed. Yeah. Um, which is, is interesting, because I can't imagine a Western movie doing it in this way. I think you... I think you've on a very valid point there, because it's... I think what's happened there is that in early parts of the film, they're suggesting that there's no way to make a change. And they're not really concerned about making a change until it affects them directly. Yeah. yeah. When somebody, one of their own friends... Or AJ. Yeah. yeah. And this is often, the, if you talk about radicalization, it's usually something personal that hits you, that turns you into a radical to a certain extent. Not always, but that's often how it's portrayed, that something... That affects that, you personally as opposed yeah, to abstractly. Exactly, that's something that goes on in the world that you don't really have. So any. somebody you know is stopped and searched or yeah, subject exactly. to like systemic you, prejudice that you had ignored to that point or whatever. Yeah, and then it changes you in some way. So that's that's something that um, leads to some kind of radicalization. You're absolutely right. Um, but even in the film, the one guy goes, we're not killers. You know, when they're thinking about, oh, we'll kill him. And, and they just... 
the some members of the group say, well, no, hold on a second, we're not that kind of people. You know, we don't go around killing people because they're not. It, it's strange, know. though, because the film is, and again, the film is two hours and three quarters long, and it's not, you know, it doesn't feel long when you're watching. I think it flows very, very well. But it's, it's interesting in a movie that is that long, that they literally go from the conversation where they're on top of this sort of hill overlooking the city, talking about, you know, where, where DJ has this idea that he takes from the documentary that we need to kill them, we need to do this radical sort of thing that will shock people out of apathy. They go from that to the shot of DJ and um, who's who's the who's the other guy on the bike? Is, is, who, who is the other guy on the bike? Is is um, uh, what is it? Kazan? Karan? Uh, Karan? It might be. Is Kar- it Karan? Probably. I know. I know that sure. Laxman is. Uh, and kind then of on the bicycle. is the other yeah. one. Uh, yes, so probably Scarana, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes from talking about the thing to doing the thing in the space of cop, which is a very quick... Like, uh, yes, exactly, even because um, you, you're not born, uh, that you know how to use a gun. Uh, you and all of a sudden... Learn, and uh, driving on a bike, it's like boom, uh, boom, boom. Uh, exactly, and then uh, you eat the target immediately, yeah. so he meant that... Uh, Presumably yeah. they practice. Yes, yes, you uh, needed to have extensive practice. Uh, you don't just pick up a gun and uh, you're able to shoot. So that uh, even for me, that transition was a bit uh, too quick because uh, they, they were supposed to be people uh, that uh, didn't even do the military service, that yeah. didn't know yeah. anything about uh, wielding yeah. guns, let alone uh, killing people. <laughs> I think, uh, like, American Animals is in, in Irish cinemas at the moment, which is about these, like, students who have a sort of a, sim- a vaguely similar crisis of identity. They're looking for meaning in their life, and so they decide to rob this book. It's based on a true story. They decide to rob the book American Animals from uh, the Transylvania, the University of Transylvania uh, in America. And it basically so, and they they do plan it. They spend months and months and months planning it. Uh, but when it happens, it goes horribly, spectacularly, terribly wrong. Thank um, you, by the way, because I saw the poster and had no idea what, what that movie was about. Was about. <laughs> um, because but, it just it, it just has a poster that gives very little. Away. It has a picture of a bunch of guys with birds' heads on them. Um, it, it's well worth a look. I think it's I think it's very good. And it taps into the same sort of like listlessness, the student listlessness, which we'll probably come back to. But I found it interesting watching this how. They go from like zero to revolutionary in the space of twenty seconds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you you have some kind of fomenting of it by the the discussions they have before well, AJ, AJ dies yeah. and and the whole kind of getting them to the point where they can act their roles in the movie with any sort of conviction. They, There's a real she, kind of uh, grappling that they have with it. They, like, Susan says you have to feel the emotion before you can deliver the lines. You have to you have to almost believe it uh, before you can say it. So the idea is that like even... Karen has a real difficulty doing that. Yeah, and the film consciously parallels the young men with the revolutionaries they're yeah. playing. Like, So, for example, um, Karan is sort of dealing with... like he, the, It's implied that there's going to be an arranged marriage, but the expectations that his family have on him. And so, for example, he's contrasted with Singh and his arranged marriage. There's Asfak and Aslam, who are, uh, who are both Muslims. Uh, and they're dealing with their place in sort of India and how they integrate. And I mean, then there's Azad and DJ, and they both like riding motorbikes. Um, but like <laughs> the film does consciously parallel the characters in the present and the, the revolutionaries in the past. Yeah. There's something very kind of sad about um, Aslam and Asaf. Well, Asaf uh, specifically, because um, in the prison, um, one of the uh, wardens or one of the jailers says says to him, you know... You know, they're just fighting for an India for Hindus. 
Like, it's not going to be an, in, uh, an India for you. And he, he's like, no, you're wrong. They're fighting then, for India. They're, they're fighting for India. And then later in the, in, in, in the contemporary um, India, we, we, we meet these um, Muslim characters. And they say, um, they say that, like, um, it's a bad time for us Muslims. Because be, 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 because they're not and 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 the the nationalists in 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 the movie like the the the, the party Mishra, and yeah. the likes of um, Mr. Mishra. Uh, Laxman are um, spe- uh, particularly um, hostile to um, Muslim yeah and 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 to Islam yeah. Um, so yeah it's it's but it's, I mean, it's I, a I kind think, of a sad um I think that point that is making Babu was saying yeah the idea that we let that like we fail our revolutionaries in some way in the societies we build in their image or in their aftermath well I think um when the British were there the the country was a whole and then after independence uh the majority of the Muslim population probably went to Pakistan, Pakistan was formed and they crossed mm-hmm. the uh, the borders um, but there's probably still around 100 million Muslims who are in India. In India. And this, uh, I'd say that the thing about the political parties, they stoke this yeah. fear and, and separatism in order for political gain yeah. and financial gain. And they do it because, you know, people are still, you know, affected by religion to, it, to a certain extent. And that's why in part of it says... You know, it's a bad time for us as Muslims. So it could be at that time there were issues, you know, that they were facing in India. Because in, um, in in the twenties, I think he's he's saying um, he's been told, "Why don't you go to Afghanistan, where we we have friends there? It's not safe for you here." In well, India. because the it's just kind of mirroring the experience. Well, the, the country as a, as a whole would still have been the majority of them would have been Hindus. Yeah, and then a proportion of them would have been. A minority, the Muslims would have been a, a minority there, and but you've also got other other like Sikhs and Jains mm. and other different religions and Christians even, you know. So, but I, I think this idea of of fighting for uh, full independence from the British it yeah. didn't matter whether you were a Muslim or whether you were a Hindu, you were fighting for the same thing. But then after, what you know, do we do now? The bit where you look around, you say, "What now?" It changed yeah. from because. The original characters that you saw were all part of one India. The the contemporary characters are part of an India that has then been separated. It's you know, and there's a proportion of Hindus that remained in India, and it's, it's how they're treated then. It's the sequence, so, isn't it? Where you um, first um, first you plan a war of independence, and then after that you prepare for the civil war. Which, 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 which is very true in the Irish case, anyway. Yeah, yeah even uh, in the Indian case. Yeah, but it, it, in um, it, like you see it in 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 Vietnam, where they uh, fought for independence from from India, Indochina, and then the, the, the Vietnam War was it like a North and South. Yeah, um, you see it. You see it in um, in um, the Korean War, where um, one once they won independence from. Uh, invasion by Japan they were they were split in two and they're still fighting the the civil war today so yeah one one and it's it, it, it's it's just something that kind of seems to happen over and over again and you, you could even like some people would claim that there is a, a that there is a, 
an element of a civil war still in in in, in Ireland because we have a partition. Well, our, our political parties are still rooted in the divisions that existed during the civil war. Yeah, oh, yeah um, our our major parties, and you could argue that like the division of the country, and even the third political party or the third most influential political party in Ireland at the moment is rooted in an outside party in that civil war, the counties that were sort of severed from us, Sinn Féin, um, who's like big sort of thing is that they're a political party in both sides of the island and they believe in the restitution of a 32 county Ireland so our politics are still dominated by the fact that we fought a civil war but it's interesting is that the characters told well it's you know go to Afghanistan you know we have friends there as you mentioned earlier and then he said well this is my country as well so although he's there he's not necessarily you know some people are saying well it's not actually your country but it's even interesting now that if you look at the, you know, the, the problems that have occurred in recent times, you know, part of it is because people don't, although they're born in a particular country, they don't feel as part of that country. And that's led to them being radicalised because people say, yeah, but you're not really, you know, you're not British or you're not you know, yeah. uh, Irish. Or, you know, th- there's something there that, yeah. that, that separates you, that makes you feel unwelcome, even though you want to belong. And then you're told that you don't actually belong. And then that radicalizes people. We should talk about this, actually, because like one of the things that I, I found really, really interesting watching this. And again, this is as somebody with no real knowledge of like Indian culture in particular, outside of very broad strokes of the history, is how it seems to hint at something much, much broader. In particular, like we talked a little bit about the idea of like that, you know, what comes after revolutionaries, like all inevitably disappoint and fail those revolutionaries. But one of the interesting things in the film is the idea that the conflict that exists between parents and children in contemporary society, and in particular, the idea of like how the current generation who have grown up without something like a civil war, independence, or even like if you want to take the, the great wars of our time, like the, the Second World War mm. or the Cold War, to define them ideologically. They're sort of listless and without purpose, and they need something. And there's a really great line in this where... Susan- Texting generation is... Oh, well, no, not yeah. that one. No, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of... There's a, there is a lot of... There's a recurring motif where parents... The parents in the film seem inevitably disappointed with their children. And you're right where, for example, Karan's father says, calls them a generation of texting. Four lines sounds like a lecture to you. Mm-hmm. DJ's mother is talking about like wearing torn jeans, thinking it's cool. Women today, all flesh and bones. I mean, even if you want to talk about, for example, Pande, he shows up and says, you know, no more aping of the West. There's a sense that like... A lot of the a lot of the parents in the movie seem to blame the children for the way society is. Even the defense minister blames AJ for the crash. He describes he says it couldn't possibly have been the MIG itself that was the problem. It wasn't anything that I bought, anything that I did. It's you, the kid. You're the person who's responsible for the way that things are now. Probably you are, on your phone. Young, yeah, young pilots today are rash and irresponsible. He was probably texting while he was doing it, and that reminded me a lot of what you what you hear today in modern discussions yes. about like millennials and even like children younger than us where people are like you know like the housing crisis in Ireland where people are and I know Andrew has a minimum amount of sympathy for this but where people are like I will never own a house for example or I will never be able to buy a place where I can live in Ireland well, or I'll I never mean, I have but, some sympathy because the expectation I guess was kind of given or uh, to, to, to that generation by, by their parents and when we say given to that generation by their parents you mean given to that middle class generation of children yeah. by their middle class parents? Yeah, but, um, I, but I mean, like, so but but the and 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 that that expectation hasn't been hasn't been met, but, and that the reason 
or it is but, because of the actions of someone. Yeah, but, but but the thing is, if you read like a lot of the press commentary about that generation, even of Irish people, a lot of it reads as blame. A lot of it is like yeah. middle class, older people, right? The famous example of the avocado toast. Maybe mm. you could afford a house if you weren't buying avocado toast, for example. Or, you know, those those AIB ads where it's like, you know, I... What we, sort of a life would that be, though? Yeah, if you couldn't have avocado toast, but it's like, yeah, you know... Which is not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like the AIB ads, which are like a person who lives with their parents who like doesn't rent who doesn't like go out who doesn't enjoy life is finally able to afford a mortgage on a tiny house in the middle of nowhere isn't that I mean, the dream you but, you can't compare the cost of of a house and avocado toast because while you have a house you've never had avocado, avocado toast i don't know how good it is and i can't compare the market but there is this sense when older people talk about younger generations particularly like listless modern younger generations there's a tendency to blame them for like the shortcomings that they've almost inherited, I think. I think, I think what it is is that if you look at the main the parents, um, like if you look at DJ's mother, I think what she's trying to say is that she's saying that every every Sikh of that generation, that a Sikh family of that generation, has given a son to to the, to the country as a servant, you know, in some kind of it served the country in some way. Um, whereas I think what she's trying to say now is that people are not, the children now are not interested in serving the country. They're only interested in serving their own needs. Yeah, yeah he was so, the centre of attention, the party guy, everybody yeah, likes yeah. him, kind of, <laughs> like, I'm sure if I ever if I ever found myself in a situation where everybody liked me, I'd probably stay there too. Fortunately, I haven't found that. I, I think, <laughs> but I think, I think what the, the interesting thing is, like, even now, that the fact that we a lot of us have so much more than we used to have, and uh, people are less happy because they don't seem to have a, a, purpose, a, a purpose. Whereas I think that the people who, like our parents, who had some kind of hardship, you know, they seem to have then... There's an expectation. Okay, so I've gone through all the hardship. Then you're going to do better. Yeah. And you're going to. And then there's an idea that children now, uh, even my generation, because my father was from India and he had a much tougher life than I had. And but it's interesting now. I have colleagues who are Polish, and they're saying, "Well, you guys don't know what real hardship is because your parents might have done." But in Poland, for instance, when my parents were growing up, when I was growing up, it's very tough. And these are people who are, you know, literally in their thirties, and they've they've left a country en masse to come to Ireland, to come to the UK, and they have a different purpose. But the interesting thing is, it all seems to be centred around money and the pursuit, not of serving a country or so, but more serving yourself. So you move from one place to another to become more successful so you can buy a house to be and that seems to be yeah. the idea of what a success is so you, you go somewhere you work hard you buy a house you buy a car you have children and you, yeah. you know this kind of idea of what is success I mean this yeah. is this is interesting like watching Ron DeVisante I was thinking a lot of like similar movies in America and even the UK around the same time so thinking for example like Fight Club for example where you yeah. have this idea of a generation that grew up and I think like the, the line from Fight Club is you know 
our great, you know, our great war is existential. Our great depression is our lives. Um, this idea of a generation who grew up without any strife to define them. Like they grew up in yeah. relative luxury. Like they never had to worry about fighting for independence. They never had to worry about starving. You know, they, they grew up and they had all the comforts and luxuries that you're right. Their parents fought to give them. Their parents like struggled to give them. But that means that they don't have something to define themselves against. And one of the things I find interesting about Ron de Passante is how it deals with that. Because for so much of the first half of the film, the students seem to be very laissez-faire. They seem to be like coasting through life. They're not very politically conscious or engaged. And then finally they get they get a purpose. Now I think Andrew's right that like that the purpose that they get is a little troublesome and I'm not entirely comfortable with it. it is. But it's, it's it's something that they seem perhaps they wanted and they didn't even know they wanted, which was a cause. It's incredible the scene, the party scenes with them earlier, because like, well, I, 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 I liked these characters, but I was still like, kind of like, I, I, kind of, kind of thinking like, okay, they're, 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 they're drink driving, um, uh, steering the wheel. Uh, with what? their feet while, while singing on the bonnet of the car while singing on the bonnet of the car like an, uh, a soft top with like a guy doing like tricks on, on a motorbike I think at one point they turn off all of their lights to go through a tunnel <laughs> and, and I'm thinking like I hate these people <laughs> like they're they're, they're they're the kind of millennials that they write about in newspapers yeah it reminded me of the scene in Zoolander where they're all like <laughs> petrol spraying bodies. petrol on each other and um, I think it's to signify how careless or carefree they are perhaps or how yeah but I, th- I think there's a romantic view I mean even if you look here in Dublin right, and you see like I work with a lot of people who are young uh, in their 20s and they've come to Ireland and on the one hand they're like really ah oh, yeah yeah this is a great place oh we're passing all this kind of... but on the other hand there's like they are, they all seem quite lonely do you know so and they don't necessarily all at the beginning they're all out on a Friday night and they're all trying to make friends and all this and this and then afterwards after a while they get tired of it and then they you know they don't they seem quite lonely and their friends it's very superficial their friendships so this idea of a group of friends who are close together and uh, will do anything for each other that's kind of a romantic view that that's appealing to 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 most of us that you know we go through our college years like you guys know each other from 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 secondary school from childhood yeah Yeah. so it's and, and that's a romantic view that, you know, people like that because Would so be many people liked each other. <laughs> yeah. So we're contractually down now. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're stuck in this. <laughs> podcast makes you that way. Um, but I, I think that there no, is a friendship like a podcast. <laughs> but it's no, like, I love Andrew. Andrew's great. It's like I the, love Darren. the the comedy series Friends. You know, the reason that was so successful and and Sex in the City. It's it's the idea of a group of friends. That are bonded in some way, and people find that attractive, you know, as a, of a way to live. It's that not will necessarily. They, won't they? Well, yeah, there is that as well. But it's kind of like our listeners want to know that. that um, that's what's attractive about it, you know. And, and it, people aspire to that idea of oh, we we'll go through college life and we'll have this bonds with special people. But it's like uh, DJ says in the in the film. Yeah, but then when we all leave, we'll all go our separate ways. And, yeah. Yeah. And sort of drift out and have no greater purpose. I mean, there's a yeah. really great line from Susan where, where DJ is sort of asleep on her lap. like, um, And he's, she's like, maybe DJ wasn't sleeping. Maybe they were waking up. Which is interesting because kind of, that kind of 
reminded me of like the use the modern use of the word woke to describe like a very politically conscious young direct young sort of generation Mm -hmm. of people who would be like this was released in 2006 so this was two years before the election of obama to give Mm -hmm. an example in the states um obviously before the word woke had entered like public consciousness and discussion but it kind of reminded me of the idea of like modern in the past five six years we've seen this idea of like a resurgence of young people and youth movements uh, across Europe. I mean, here in Ireland, you could argue that you saw it with the gay marriage referendum, with the abortion referendum, where people who wouldn't have considered themselves to be actively or engagingly political found a cause to rally behind and engage. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe even in the States, it happened a bit later with the election of Trump, where you had stuff like the Women's March and stuff like that, and, and that sort of movement as well. And I kind of, like, watching this movie, I was kind of... While I was as uncomfortable as Andrew was with the idea that, like, the end goal of this activism is to shoot some guy dead in the middle of the yeah. street. <laughs> I saw take that a... and I was like, Grandpa's hairy testicles. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really like that. <laughs> yeah. But the, I feel like we need to devote an entire ten minutes to the, the ca- DJ's catchphrase, which is just amazing. You get to see his grandpa in the, <laughs> in the movie. You and don't yeah. get to see his hairy testicles. We wonder, like, what's so special about those and we testicles? we see his beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, I wonder that, if that, his hairy testicles are a little bit like that, that. long white Beard. I want to know what the origin story is. Like, what happened to DJ as a child that it became like an explanation? Because it's it's like a Batman. It's like Robin translation. Or yeah. did they try and like find something roughly equivalent that's quite commonly used in in, in India in English speaking? Yeah. yeah. So in in Hindu, like, is is Grandpa's hairy testicles? No, he's not called like, not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> as a child. But I, I, I do think there is something in that idea of, like, youth awakening and sort of, like, this awakening of, like, a political sort of slumbering beast among a class of people who would have seen themselves even 10 years ago in the West and maybe 20 years ago in India as being post-political. Of being like, it doesn't really matter. There's no real difference. You know, why bother voting? It's just going to be the same thing over and over again. And seeing in modern Irish culture in the past 10 years, this sort of like, well, actually young people can engage and can do these great things. And I wonder, like, well, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing that in an Indian film from 2006. Well, it, it, they, um, something that they repeat is, um, is long live the revolution. I think it's, um, in Kil, in Kil, in Yes. So they, they, and I guess kind of repeated over and over. And, and even uh, as, as, as I think we alluded to the, um, the, um, uh, color of sacrifice, yeah. And the, 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 this idea of a new generation keeping the uh, revolution uh, alive the and, and, and not letting, um, not letting the um, kind of complacency set in, a feeling that you've achieved um, the aims of, say you were talking about the South African constitution, that's obviously a... Um, an important document. But that, it's not that, an end. Yeah, but it hasn't been... No, it 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 hasn't been actualized. Yeah. So the the um, the goals of the um, uh, uh, the uh, movement I, I, um, are 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 still there for a new generation um, to 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 take them on and to cast away the people who've uh, forgotten um, what what um, what they ought to stand for. Yeah. I suppose, or even just awaken, awaken. Yeah. Yes, um, which yeah, is, yeah, which is something that I think the film does really, really well. And I was actually struck watching it. 
And again, like, obviously I wouldn't advocate for listeners of this podcast to go out and shoot a random minister of defence in the street or yeah. to take a, you know, a but controversial but stance. But but the, the film wasn't about the shooting. Uh, it, it's no. not like it, it was uh, inciting people to go out and shoot uh, random people or politicians or so. Those were just uh, dramatic uh, devices to, to show that people need to act. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, uh, the main thing wasn't uh, shooting people, but was the fact that uh, all the students at the end, uh, basically when they were listening to the, uh, to the radio show where uh, uh, Karan was talking, basically they were uh, um, awakening themselves uh, and they were talking in favor of um, acting to uh, rid uh, the government of corruptions and so on. So that was the main message. It wasn't about um, <laughs> killing people as, as such. It's a kind of an, it's, it's an awkward way... It's it's perhaps the simplest way to get across that message, and it, it's kind of disa- disappointing yeah. in a way not to have. Because there was a choice, I suppose, to to kind of okay, we have to get this message across. Are we going to do it in an intelligent way, or are we going to do it in in the way that's most kind of um, shocking, shocking, or dramatic, or apparent to people, just in case they don't get it. No, like, but uh, the, there is also the fact that uh, they had to parallel the actions of the original freedom fighters in they the twenties, and uh, that uh, that is what happened. Uh, like yeah. they they shot somebody. Like we can't um, be, I guess, revisionist about things that happened in kind of nineteen nineteen or nineteen twenty five, but we we can we can make a decision about what kind of. Going um, forward, yeah. What 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 kind of me- message we want to? And like I said, this, this is this is a movie set in contemporary um, India, where 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 the heroes of the movie um, uh, assassinate the the minister for defence. Now, I don't think the intention of the filmmakers to inspire, uh, inspire uh, no, people to do the same thing. But I think it's uh, uh, horribly ir- irresponsible at the same time. I'm sounding a lot like Darren on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, I, can see, I can see where you're going from. And, like, I mean, I suspect when we land on Fight Club, we're going to talk about this as well. Like, this idea of, like... Because it, it, the thing about these sorts of revolutionary messages, and, I mean, I think that Ron de Basante manages to stay on the right side of it by tying it to ideas like government corruption and stuff like that, is that it it often seems like a value-neutral sort of commentary, and that's quite possible for, like, we talk about, like, revolutionary movements and radicalization as something, like, on, on one side of the, the political spectrum. It happens on the other as well. You could argue that, like, Trumpism or, or Brexitism in, in the UK and in the US are similar sort of movements. There are people who are waking up who feel... Yeah, who feel yeah. a similar sort of, like, listlessness as people young men. People have been kind of feeling like they're, they're ta- taking it lying down for years and years, and finally now they've, they... They feel like um, something is finally happening and things, things are changing. Well, I think two, two things really. Th- if you look at the how Giovanna mentioned that the, the film, the characters mirror the mm. characters that were... The previous selves, yeah. Yeah. So, but if you look at DJ's character in the... When it goes flashbacks, yeah. you know, at, at one point... You see his character in the past when he's trying to escape. He's shooting at um, Indian soldiers, yeah, yeah. but in the present, he has a gun, but he's not shooting anybody. Yeah. You know, he doesn't take up the rifle and shoot. 
yeah. mm. anybody. So that's where the balance, I think, yeah. comes in. And, and they make so, a point even when they take control of the radio station. Yeah, they don't do, want to hurt people. They're not yeah, shoot and they people. don't want to shoot. You know. So that, that, that is, so in, a, in essence, you're right in what you say, that you know it, it's bad in the sense that you, it's, it's uncomfortable that they've basically gone and killed somebody, right? And that's the the you know that's a wrong thing to do. but you can then see later on that he doesn't really you know when he's in the the the, the radio station he doesn't they don't kill anybody they have the guns to scare people but then they, they don't throw use them in the bin. they throw them in the bin so his character doesn't go right I'm going to take as many I'm going to go down in flames I'm going to shoot as many people as I can he doesn't he just chucks the gun in the in the dustbin and. He knows he's going to... Well, they weren't expected... They, they weren't thinking they were going to be killed. They thought they were going to be arrested. And put on trial and, and given put a on platform. Trial and given a platform to... But that's not what the the people in power wanted. They wanted to shoot, to, on to, shoot, to shoot on sight and kill them. So they right. couldn't tell the story. But they... So the, the film balances out that idea of... The bad thing of shooting somebody and killing someone... Mm. With the view that they didn't kill anybody else... Or they didn't, you know, they're, they're not criminals, or they're they not, killed, they're not uh, really terrorists. Father. And in... he killed his own father because he knew that his father ha- was complicit. Justice, but... He would escape justice, and he would Seems escape reason. himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, but, uh, but that's common, though, isn't it? That's common even now, where the rich, like if you looked in America, where that guy, you know, pretty much raped a woman and kind of basically got away with it. Well, the famous Rob Turner stuff and, and that sort of stuff, the, the whole case around that where it was it was suggested that he was... He, well, his first sentence was very, very light and then his appeal was, was harsher, I believe. But he's still... Um, yeah, but the, the, that kind of idea that the rich will be able to get away with whatever because he said, well, he's got a, a wonderful career ahead of him. We don't want to spoil that by having... 15 minutes of... of That's a, Yeah, that uh, was the line exactly. 15 minutes of bad behaviour yeah. in a lifetime of whatever. And you're like, yeah, but not not, not his lifetime. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. Exactly. So there, there is that element of it. So I think that he knew that his father had been implicit in a number of deaths because that would have been the first. That, there were like 200. But there could have yeah. been others that he was yeah. involved in because of the nation of so They were saying there let, many people have died. Let, let's not let 15 minutes ruin uh, two days of the rest of your lifetime. Yeah. So <laughs> he was saying to the to his son, well, you can get away with it. I'll make sure. And then off you go to America. Yeah. And then you can carry on with your life. So he then says, I'll get you out of it. You know, whatever you do, I'll get you out of it. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, and but, that's common. So yeah. his character kills his father because he doesn't want to escape justice. And he doesn't want his father to escape justice. So he's willing... And that's the thing about the character. His father does escape justice. And the son does um, escape justice. Because it's not... The the, the justice isn't served on either. Well, that's it. That's... Yeah, that's if you assume that the the state is the only one who can provide justice. Which is the principle of, like, a democratic state. Right. Yeah, no. I I know. I'm I'm just writing context. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, like, one of of them is... The theme is basically that... He's not going to get away with it. So he didn't want his father to get away with it. And he's not going to get away with it because he's gone into a radio station at the end of it and go, right, we did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and he's not like he's hiding anywhere or he's, you know, whereas terrorists don't necessarily say, hey, I did it. Come over here. I live at this address. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas they're kind of saying, we're at this radio station. Come and get us. Yeah, I mean, we I did mean- it. 
So this is the thing where I'm I'm kind of halfway again. Darren sits on the fence here. I'm halfway between the two extremes. I can see what Andrew's saying, and it does make me a great. Won't change anything. It does. It does make me. I know it does make me very uncomfortable that sort of aspect of. But again, this ties back into the whole like story as allegory because I mean we talked a little bit about how the film sees children and the conflict between how children see themselves and how parents see children, where the parents see the children as being like wasting the opportunities that are given to them and the children seeing themselves as sort of lost and listless. The film is very, very aggressively, con- it condemns a lot of the parent characters. Like, for example, there's uh, Pand- Pandy at the at the party. He talks, he's, you know, he's very he's invested in the party initially when he's offered money uh, for his work with it. He initially turns it down because he, he's doing it because he genuinely believes in what he's doing. He has like a sincere, heartfelt belief that like his political beliefs will make India a better place and enrich it for its citizens. And, it, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mishra gives him a lot of money. He's like, no, 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 just just take the money. That That's, you know, that's what we're doing here. And, like, uh, Pandy describes him so, as having sold out. Like, Karan's father, who's doing this deal with the Russians, who's moving, you know, both the parts that will be sold to the, you know, the Department of whatever for the MiGs that would lead to these crashes. He's also sold out to a certain extent as well. Like, the film... And there's the point where Susan's grandfather... Where he's talking about like the the horrific sort of massacres and like the attack on the train that followed. Um, the and I apologize for mangling this pronunciation, but the Jallianwala uh, Bah. You, you, you can say Amritsar. Uh, That's generally what people the say. Golden here. Temple, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, but uh, like he's talking about like the the raid that took place after that, after the radicalization, and he says what we were hearing was the echo of our own guns. And there's a sense within the world of the film that all the older characters, the Minister of Defense and, and obviously Karan's father, what they're ultimately hearing is the echo of their own guns. Now, I don't think that works in a real in a real life situation. I think an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. But as an allegory, it works just enough for me. Just about. Yeah, I, I mean, the the, um, the echo of their guns would be if they um, uh, cause the deaths of um of AJ and soldiers um like him through corruption and spend the rest of their life in prison. Um they see see seem seems like the 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 kind of um the way um this, sort of poetic retribution yeah. sort of thing. I mean if the movie were to end with oh um but um but uh, I'll 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 get away with it and and the the conclusion was like this 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 time you're not going to get away with it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe, I think the sound maybe, of their own guns would be if the judge sentencing them were corrupt himself and sentenced them because he was a different kind of corruption. Right. Like, I mean, I, I don't, talking like, about maybe, corruption, maybe, maybe the I'm guy in America sanctimonious. who was uh, President? Trump's, Trump's um, advisor got 14 days, 14 days of yes. jail yes. after 28 million spent on a investigation that that doesn't seem particularly fair and he got about 200 hours of community service or something like that i mean they, so that's they, that's somebody in power jail there is tough though, it was so. kind of like well for rich people uh, yeah. uh, for 14 14 days that's like that's that's two weeks two weeks yeah right? but for sure he has a and he'll be the soft i was gonna say not like he's gonna be in the kind of jail that wesley snipes and Kiefer sutherland go to where <laughs> Kiefer sutherland makes lunch for people <laughs> Kiefer sutherland talked about his time in jail 
And it seems almost lovely. It seems like he was glad to get away from like the pressures of being of, like of, of just Keith, being Keith of Sutherland. Being Keith of Sutherland. He yeah. was like, Yeah, I got to make I got to cook dinners for people, got to make I got to work in the canteen. It was good honest work and everybody was very friendly and it's like I he was f- only there for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> he did a lot in 24 hours. Yeah, it was quite amazing, yeah. It was like summer It seemed summer. like a really long time, but it was actually... Yeah. <laughs> it seemed hours. like several months, but it was spread out weekly. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, because I, I, I... Yeah, so I'm kind of... I'm, stu- I'm stuck on the fence between, like, Babu's position of, you know, this is an allegory and a metaphor, and Andrew's position of... Yeah, well, still, I, I, I mean, revolutionary that it's an allegory it's, and a metaphor. I think it's um, just that if you look at, say, but it says it, it it isn't set in some historical kind of uh, setting or some or, fa- yeah. fantasy land or some dystopian future. It's set in 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 contemporary India, in where contemporary India, live where, and read uh, where and, a, a Hollywood a Bollywood movie star is, uh, you know. Sentence. Well, he was Salman Khan recently. He, mm. you know, he was convicted of a crime, and he's still making movies. He's, he's not, and he was sentenced to. I don't know. Yeah, but he didn't uh, really go to jail, he and to jail. he was uh, basically accused of uh, killing somebody, running over somebody wow. while uh, um, uh, driving um, under the influence of alcohol. Was he staring with his... Sorry. Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to say to you is that he, he, although you might... Your perception... I wish this movie is irresponsible. Okay. I'm sorry. sorry. I, think you're, I think what I'm trying to say is your perception of, of the law and how it works and the length of time it takes is based on a... a to get a... Um, a, very, a, very, a very European or Irish-centric yeah, to perception. To go to trial, to go to... You know, the crime right. is kind of... It takes absolutely years in the Indian kind of law system for even the trial to take place. And I mean, even even in this even case, like the famous... In this country, it, 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 it takes a very long time and then people are given like kind of time already served but I mean, by again, the time they get around to so it. I again, like, I mean, this this comes back to talking about the, the Rang de Basanti movement that was almost inspired by this. We talk about like, the Jessica Lal case. It's worth reiterating. A politician's son walked into a crowded bar surrounded by witnesses, pulled a gun on a woman and shot her repeatedly, including in the head, walked out and got acquitted of all charges in the Indian justice system. How I mean, does that work? You know? I, I feel like even, like, Ireland has its share of problems with corruption. America has its share of problems with corruption. That's I mean, obviously, yeah. particularly when it comes to, say, police officers who shoot uh, unarmed uh, people in America, for example, would have a similar thing. But again, walking into a crowded bar with a gun and shooting somebody in front of a bunch of witnesses and getting acquitted, that speaks to a level of corruption I mean, that is... I, I, I suppose a, a sympathetic... Uh, reading of this movie would be along the kind of lines of um, of V for Vendetta, where it's like people shouldn't be afraid of their government. The government, government should, should be afraid of the uh, the, the people. The people um, to 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 have this movie um, kind of about uh, government corruption, where the, the kind of discussion of it is. Is kind of like oh nothing we we do will make any difference, and then they they are finally pushed to the point that they actually uh, murder somebody. I think that's something not not just for for young people to wake up to, but maybe for governments to 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 wake up to and is to to think maybe maybe we can't just continue the way we're 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 going because maybe if we push people too far, there will be consequences, uh, consequences and measures. But on the other hand, I'm a much fun 
Bonder fan of PK's version of uh, of dealing with corruption <laughs> and sort of. Uh, I like that sort of cuddly approach much better than... than yeah, 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 of course, of but, course. Uh, but again, um, that sort of... Just in terms of uh, the movie, I want to, actually, I want to ask you about it, because you probably yes. have a better sense of, like, Indian politics and history than anybody here. Mm. I'm kind of curious about, like, the release of this film, because this is a film where a member of the government is shot down, um, and it's presented as a heroic act. Were, was there, were there protests the film? was? Did it generate any controversy at the time, do you know? Or? Uh, yes, basically, um, the controversy was um, uh, mainly because uh, they show uh, the uh, Indian army shooting uh, these uh, students oh, okay. uh, and so on I at see. the end, uh, like, uh, I mean, mercilessly, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Amritsar as well. Uh, but uh, the, um, uh, the director say that um, uh, that is inspired by something yeah, that really happened, like some student occupied a radio station uh, the year before the film was made, and actually they were attacked by the by the army. So uh, I mean, uh, he he wanted to portray something uh, that um, involved uh, the establishment, the government, because the film is against the government, and so he shows uh, a way like uh, a dramatized way in which uh, the government can deal with it and uh, uh, and then uh, the fact that uh, obviously the film inspired a lot of student movements and not uh, murders yeah. as such but um, protests and marches yeah, peaceful and, and, uh, protest uh, meant that it uh, hit the target like it didn't yeah. um, uh, incite people to to go out and um, take guns and shoot, but uh, to uh, uh, actually uh, protest and organize and unite and uh, fight for uh, their rights in a peaceful way. So it means that uh, it didn't, uh, I mean, uh, send uh, out the wrong message. Um, we wanted to talk very briefly, I think we mentioned earlier on, just about the music in the film, because I think that we, we really like music. It struck I, me as I, an interesting I, I, I thought the movie, uh, like a lot of the music in the movie was very naff. Um, and where, where the, the, like, like all of the uh, movie, all of the music where, where they're partying. So, like, where he's doing like sick kind of um, dance moves skills on on his on on his motorbike and all of that sort, and, 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 and all of, all of the music was very kind of um, sort of like and it was it was all very kind of like what like somebody's. I don't know what 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 Elderly like a studio thing. decides to like. Young people oh, we'll we'll have some cool rock music. It is worth noting so, the soundtrack to the movie was done by uh, Raman. Yeah, Raman, that is uh, uh, won an Oscar probably for the later, yes, yeah. yes, uh, the most famous Indian composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he's. Uh, he wasn't um, uh, somebody who doesn't know what he's doing. So no. if he w- was done like that, uh, it's because uh, probably at the beginning uh, he was more westernized to um, mirror the fact that uh, these um, young people were totally disconnected from um, it, Indian culture and they, they wanted to kind of detach themselves from it. Which is fine, but it's like this kind of like kid bop version of 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 of, of Western rock music. Where and, and and don't get me wrong, I did enjoy parts of this. I really enjoyed the the actual Rang de Basanti 
song. But that was different. That was in a Punjabi contest. Exactly. That, 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 was, um, that, that was really enjoyable. And the whole kind of like dance um, uh, scene around it was really enjoyable uh, too. Apparently it took its inspiration uh, that is from... Bangra. Yeah. Yeah. It took its inspiration from the song Rangda Pasante Kola from the movie Shahid in 1965, which depicted the Indian freedom fighter uh, Bhagat Singh as he marched to his execution. So there's a nice little bit of echoing there. I suspect that's one of the movies you were talking about earlier when you are talking about like, the movies of the 60s and 70s that were dealing with these sort of revolutionary figures. I was um, uh, talking about something else, uh, oh, like okay, in, the, in the early 70s, okay. the Angry Young Men film. But uh, obviously, yes, if there was an um, earlier film made about uh, Bhagat Singh, uh, it makes sense that, uh, he, there, was that a, music, yeah, there was a reference to that. Uh, yes. I think the Angry... I think Indian cinema was um, sort of the 50s and the 60s were very much a, a certain type of character, pretty much like Hollywood in the 40s <laughs> and the 50s. Oh, okay. And then the 70s came along and Amitabh uh, Bachchan was the, the angry young man. He nice. was sort of, it was a bit more the anti-hero. Oh, so sort of kind of like new Hollywood in Hollywood sort of stuff, like breaking away from the conventional uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So whereas before they were all more romantic leads <laughs> and they tended to be... Uh, Clean cut and yeah. Uh, whereas this was like the hero that you didn't take home to your mother, almost. But yeah, just just in terms of the music, actually, one of the things that sort of struck me uh, very quickly about it was the fact that it was... A lot of it seemed less diegetic than usual in terms of, of Indian cinema, because a lot of the films we watched have characters like actually singing the songs out loud to themselves and to each other. Mm. This often tended to treat the music as like an internal sort of monologue. Uh, there were scenes where the characters did sing, but a lot of the, the music in this one seemed to be internalised. Or is that just me? Uh, no, it's true actually because basically normally in um, traditional uh, Bollywood films uh, you would have the characters bursting out into songs and it seems like they are actually, it's their voice and mm. they're actually able to sing perfectly uh, um, and at the same time dance beautifully and everything. But uh, in um, these kind of films that are more... Uh, mm, socially conscious and more about um, serious kind of issues rather than the traditional uh, uh, Bollywood fair. The music is uh, um, more um, to set a mood, to explain what uh, is happening like through uh, a melody, but it's not uh, about the characters having yeah. a jolly good time and, uh, and uh, singing and dancing and well, forgetting an about what is... I mean, for a Western audience, it might seem jarring, but this is actually like um, maybe less jarring for the sake of like, oh, like, like you were you were saying that this was more of a breakout hit, and that some of the reason for that is that it's less kind of intrusive um, song and dancing. Uh, but even 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 still, it it it, it to 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 maybe our taste. Ah, it, it would have a bit more, but it's interesting. Like we we've only watched three Indian movies on the podcast mm-hmm. with you guys, and I'm already like this seems less. The musical yeah. numbers here seem less like ostentatious in some ways than they do in like Lagan and Dangal even or yeah, exactly. obviously in PK last week. Because like, those Lad, more, for example, uh, yeah were more kind of a traditional song yeah. and dance sequences. Uh, like normally these uh, sequences are uh, 
can be taken from the film and um, uh, looked at yes as a Mm. music video like because uh, that is a really uh, big part of uh, of selling the film and um, consuming the film and so on and instead when a film is more about uh, social issues uh, and um, 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 or real life events or uh, something a bit more serious like and uh, the film is not um, a full-blown Bollywood film that is mm. uh, um, aimed at traditional Indian audiences, they say single screen uh, audiences, because uh, in India there are still single screen cinemas where right. uh, hundreds of people are going in to watch one film and they want to be entertained, they want a bit of uh, action, a bit of comedy, a bit of romance. And, uh, so uh, instead but, of screening three movies, you just screen one movie in a big cinema. Exactly, but these these kind of films, uh, these uh, kind of um, um, new kind of uh, Bollywood films are more for metropolitan audiences used to going to uh, cineplex, multiplexes, where there are uh, different screens and mm. used to watching Have a uh, yes, Western films as well, and uh, so used to the fact that a uh, film that uh, is serious, uh, has a strong message and so on, doesn't have all these uh, music going on, no? then uh, it always depends on uh, the, the director choices and the, the kind of uh, movie they want to make, like for example, as you say, the PK and a bit more, uh, more full blown oh, music sort of, yeah. sequences uh, because obviously. Uh, and you can was... search for them on YouTube. Like obviously, mm-hmm. I, I did a bunch of research and you can search for the individual sequences in PK on YouTube and they watch beautifully. In fact, like the, the Naughty Lad song probably plays better as a music video than it does hey, exactly, in the context of the exactly. film itself. Because they wanted to, um, to do them, it yeah. in um, in that way, you know, like uh, to to play out uh, the fact that um, the the music sequences in, the, in these films uh, were very very poignant and uh, really uh, really entertaining in terms of um, uh, the expectation that uh, um, uh, traditional Bollywood film audiences would have. And instead, this film was uh, more uh, like. Um, Mm, uh, subdued uh, in that yeah. uh, in that sense, uh, and uh, even other um, uh, Bollywood films that um, have Bollywood stars in them and so on, but uh, don't have uh, um, mm, a traditional carefree kind of uh, um, plot. Basically, they they just have maybe um, uh, songs that play during key sequences, but uh, they wouldn't have full blown dances, no. No. I think that about wraps it up unless there's anything we haven't talked about already in the movie that you guys want to discuss. Is there anything we sort of missed or glossed over? No, just uh, the only the only point was moving on from what Giovanna just said. I think now the the global audience now for some of these stars are, are huge, so yeah. maybe and the the marketing is towards perhaps also not just the homegrown audience but non resident Indians which particularly say in America tend to be more educated and are looking yeah. for a different kind of film so maybe they've changed the type of uh, structure of, of, of films. films to reflect that yeah. or to play to that perhaps yeah yeah Alright, so that about wraps it up for us uh, this week. Thank you very much, guys, for coming in for the Indian Summer Season. Pleasure, as uh, always. Thank you very much for having us. We hope to have you back sometime soon. We'll hopefully have you back around Christmas time to discuss Race 3 when it's released on Blu-ray. I'm actually quite looking forward to that one. 
Prabhu has a look like he's caught in the headlights of a car driven by Salman Khan. That was a very bad face <laughs> joke. I may, uh, I may do that again. Um, you yeah. don't get to. <laughs> no do-over. Let's go and watch Doom 3. Doom 3 is really good. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Doom 3 isn't on the bottom 100, I'm afraid. All right. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, Babu. Uh, but in the meantime, if you guys have anything that you'd like to point people towards, anything that you're enjoying in pop culture, anything that you think our listeners might enjoy or, or would appreciate, whether it's a film, a TV show, a podcast, or even an activity, what would you recommend for them? Well, we went to see Black, Black uh, 47, which is actually a very small film, but it was yeah. very good. Yeah. I recommend that. That's what we, we saw this week. I would double that, double that recommendation as well. Another very good um, Irish film that uh, came out uh, recently would be Citizen Lane. It's oh, about yeah. uh, you, Lane, and it's uh, a documentary, good. but with some dramatized parts. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's really good. It's really interesting because it's not a typical documentary that has uh, just talking heads uh, and then and some bars. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there are actors that are portraying key characters. Like, uh, Tom von Lawler uh, plays playing uh, Lane. Yes, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Then there are uh, actors playing Lady Gregory, for example, yeah. and. Um, other prominent characters of the time. No, like, I, is I that on RT? It's on the RT player at the yeah. moment, yeah. Mm-mm. Yes, yes, we saw it at the cinema, but uh, it's um, uh, it's available online, and it's uh, it's really, really good, it's really enjoyable, it's uh, very worth watching, yes. Perfect. Andrew, do you have anything you'd like to point listeners towards? Uh, speaking Geek. Uh, <laughs> it's a really great podcast. It's run on Scanlon by one of our friends, Graham. It's, it's really good. I'd wholeheartedly recommend that you give it a listen. Yeah, also um, the uh, third season of... Well, so, sorry, um, I was listening to uh, Super Ego. I've gone back um, to listen to it because, uh, again, a, a plug for Stitcher Premium. Um, you can get an ad-free version of this very podcast. Um, no, you can't. Um, 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 <laughs> I, I love this behind the paywall. Eventually, yeah. you're going to have to construct a paywall if you keep <laughs> referencing the paywall. <laughs> you're going to have to physically build it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you, you, can, you can listen to... Um, they recommend you start on season three. Um, That's an and, interesting approach. Yeah. Where do so, you recommend uh, people start with us? With us, I would say skip uh, episode two. <laughs> Whatever one Aliens was. Yeah, skip uh, Gran Torino. Like we, sh- yeah, we we'll have a playlist of like episodes one. of the podcast that we're not ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and get- see if we can <laughs> see if we can get like maybe I don't know ten, twelve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and, a, and even a, dozen out of, out of the hundred. Speaking <laughs> of episodes that we won't be oh. um, ashamed of, tune in next, next. week. For episode 100, where we're doing Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception, and we have absolutely nothing special planned for it. Although, have you, you were supposed to talk to that guy, right? About I, the, the sponsorship? We, we, may, we may have a sponsor for, for, for next week's episode. It, 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 it could be our I haven't talked to this guy, but he, Andrew's been... He Andrew's seems been cool. Guy. I mean, shady. But, but cool. But yeah, and and I like the 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 way he thinks about stuff. He's got some big ideas. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to be back next week discussing Inception. Must be afraid to dream too big. A little bigger, darling. Um, so we'll be back next week. We'll be, we'll be discussing Inception. Hopefully, if Andrew can land the plane, and we'll have a good sponsor. We won't know until we get to the other side. Yeah, he has some interesting I- I- ideas about about the direction the podcast should take, and it has a lot of money. 
So, uh, what, what are we going to disagree with? <laughs> exactly. Um, in the meantime, um, if you guys are looking for us online, you can find. Are you guys uh, online on Twitter, uh, Facebook, any other uh, yeah, yeah. people too? Uh, 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 Facebook, yes. Okay. Find Giovanna on Facebook. Babu is just looking. Don't find me anywhere. You know. <laughs> Don't find me Stop anywhere. It. Leave me alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> the next time you'll hear from Babu will be when we're talking about race three. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you're online at a q u i n n i u q a. You can follow the two fifty at the two fifty. You can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. We're available on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever good podcasts, and sometimes even not good podcasts are sold. We'll be back next week. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Mujer, ¿qué te pasa?